When it comes to the NFL draft, the Kansas City Chiefs just need to be selfish. And we're going to tell you how to do that today on Locked On Chiefs. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Welcome back, friends and neighbors. It's Locked On Chiefs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day for free on every platform, starting on YouTube, where we'd love if you would sub, hit the bell, you know, become one of us, and maybe hit a like, too. We would appreciate that. You can also get us on every audio platform, but it starts on YouTube, and you can get that there as soon as shows drop. We appreciate you checking us out. First, make another Locked On show your second listen of the day. We would appreciate that very much as well. Check out Locked On Scouting and Locked On Draft. They're at the height of their season, just like we are here. And being selfish is what today is about. What's the best thing the Chiefs need to do for themselves, for this organization, to keep itself in contention for years to come? We're going to step you through it. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and Performance Consulting, right now the home of the Athletic Matrix and the NFL Draft Guide that should drop before the morning tonight. I just got to get it published, and it will be out. You can use the code MATRIXLOC to get a nice discount over at RogueAPC.com. And go get that draft guide today. You want to brush up on all those options. You can find more at NFL33.com and RGR Football. You can find Chris at Chiefs Corner. And as soon as his mic comes back, he was going to tell you more about that himself. Uh, and this is why I don't mute myself very often, and I apologize. Uh, yeah, you can find me at Chiefs Corner. Lots to talk about when you start talking about being selfish going into this draft. And I think that's exactly what Kansas City needs to do. And I'll just kick it off, and, and I'll just hop right in. To me, Kansas City needs to make a move. And I'm not saying it because I think that they have huge holes that they need to fill. They do have three big, pretty big holes I think that they should fill. But to me, this is a draft that you just won the Super Bowl. Uh, I'm not. I don't think that they they care if they're going to be the you know front runner contender that everybody is talking about you know going <laughs> forward for the next couple of months. I don't think that they really care about that. But to me, this is a, a time where you have so few holes on this roster. Yes, they are bigger ones for certain positions, but you're not going to fill them all with the kind of talent you want. To me, it's trade up, get your guy, get a blue chip player because he's going to be able to build about around Patrick Mahomes for the next couple of years, regardless on what side of the ball it's on. I, I, I like where you're coming from, and I hadn't thought about it from that angle, but that makes perfect sense, especially in the first round. Go get what you want. If you have uh, – maybe their board's different than mine. Maybe they're, they fall in love with a tackle that they feel can do what they need to do. Falling in love with a player at the first round I think is actually – a little bit safer than is falling in love with somebody say in day three, fourth round, something like that, because there's a lot more variation there. If you have a first rounder and you have a grade on a guy, then you've done enough work cross-checking and scouting to make sure that he's got a, a reasonable floor. So if you really like him, if you fall for him for one trait or another, or you feel you can push him into pro bowl or all pro status, be selfish, go get him, attack that draft. Like you just won a championship. Cause guess what? You just did. Yeah. And quite frankly, I know we've talked about three different positions. If wide receivers picked over and you don't like your options at tackle or uh, at end, I've said this before. I know a lot of people won't like it. I wouldn't care if they wouldn't got a tight end in the first round. Yeah. I know. I know you don't care for it, but here's the thing. Andy Reid likes to innovate. And to me, he is in a position where he can innovate if he gets that type of talent and I'm not saying you do it just to go get a first-round tight end. I'm saying you do it 
if he's the best player on your board and you don't like what else is there. I, I can I can get down with that because let's be real. The Chiefs are stingier than I am, and I usually have about 20 first-round grades on my board, period. Uh, we know that they don't usually get up that high. So there is a significant possibility that by the 22nd or third pick, everybody you have a first-round grade off is gone except the tight end maybe. So it does make sense there. I, I have I have one other thing that I want to run past you because if I'm being selfish and I'm playing in on what I got last year, which is de- defensive formatted draft, there's another position that if, if all the big three that we've talked about quite a bit in the last few weeks are, are gone and you don't have the grade there, maybe tight ends available, but so is the defensive tackle group. And I think if you can get a pass rusher at tackle, even if it's a bit of a stretch or if a guy that you have you know, at, at 38 and you're taking him at 31, I can live with that if you, if you don't have a better option or a trade back or whatever you, it comes down to. Be selfish and help Chris Jones out build that defense and that will bring some balance. And I selfishly want to see them be able to take the talent that can get to the opposing quarterback. Cause I'm tired of Carson Palmer and I'm tired of everyone else. And you know what, if the chiefs can get after the opposing quarterback a little bit, I think it exposes just that much more about how good Mahomes really is. <laughs> it's kind of funny that you're tired of Carson Palmer. And I know exactly what you're talking about that Carson Palmer is saying Joe Burrow is a better quarterback. He runs the system, but he runs his system better uh, them Holmes runs his, and to me, it's ludicrous. One has two Super Bowl wins, the other has none. Uh, one's been to five straight AFC Championship games, the other's been to a couple. <laughs> but <laughs> it's not to me, it's not even close. Like I, I really don't understand how you try to say that. Although he is a Cincinnati guy, so it makes sense from that perspective. But when you start looking at different positions. I swear I thought you were going to go off the wall and go fullback. Not necessarily in the first, <laughs> but start talking about a fullback for the third round or something like that. But, you know, you start looking at this team and what this team needs. We've talked wide receiver. We've talked tackle. We've talked defensive end. You're talking tackle I, or defensive tackle. I'm talking offensive tackle. Uh, we've also talked, you know, just tied in just a second ago. You know, the other position, I, it's not going to shock me. There's a couple other positions. Uh, you know, safety wouldn't shock me, although I think it would be really early to take a safety in the first. If that's your guy, that's your guy. This is what I could keep going back to. In Kansas City's position, they're always going to be picking towards the end of the first round, and you have to stay true to your board. You have to stay true to who you believe is the best player available and not reach. Yes, you want to feel needs, But if you can put a better team around Mahomes and Kelsey and Chris Jones, it's going to be beneficial regardless. And the only position I really would hopefully – the only position I'd hope that they wouldn't really be looking at is corner in the first round. Because I don't think that after what you did last year, that's a position that you don't want to probably go after again this year, even if he's your best player on the board. Yeah, and that's the problem is it becomes about value because if if the corner is the last guy on the board that you do see as a value at that pick, do you go away from that just because you, you made three good selections last year? That's that's the hard part to pull the trigger for me if you're in the room. That makes things difficult. It definitely makes things difficult, and it's going to be a big question. Uh, you know, you also have linebacker, which is a position that I, I couldn't think the Kansas City would be looking at. Uh, there's a couple interior offensive linemen. I don't think they'd be looking at that direction either running back. I I don't care what you say. I don't think they're going to be doing that again. Uh, But John Robinson's not going to be sitting there at 31 regardless. And he's the only player that I would think that really could be considered a first round uh, running back in this draft class. 
Yeah, I mean, there are a number of guys that I think can go on day two. We're going to talk about what they should do selfishly on day two to improve this roster right after this. And, you know, sometimes you want to be a GM. And you do want to be a GM. And I want to tell you about our friends over at Ultimate Football GM. This is a game that I absolutely love playing. It is addicting to me because it gives me the chance to go play GM. I get to choose the players I draft. I get to choose the players I sign. I get to choose the coaches, the style of offense, the style of defense, all of that right at your fingertips playing Ultimate Football GM. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. You've heard us talk about this mobile game app, and if you've ever thought you'd make a good GM, you've got to give this game a try. It's not as easy as you might think to create a dynasty. With Ultimate Football GM, you are responsible for controlling the destiny of your franchise by hiring the right coaches and coordinators, managing all the finances, including negotiating players' salaries and terms, navigating your franchise through free agency, the draft, injuries, player personnel issues, which I thought was actually kind of interesting because you actually get guys suspended as well. So kind of really goes to the reality of what GMs have to deal with. And all the ups and downs of a season, all this in a challenging, realistic game world, Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline, play on the go as you want and when you want to. Locked On Chiefs listeners get 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in all caps in the game store. That's Locked On in all caps. So make sure to check it out today. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM, start your dynasty today. Dynasty in Kansas City is already rolling. So the question is, how do you make that better? How do you reload? How do you bring something new to it? And I, again, even in the second day, I think being selfish is about filling your needs, getting getting your table set. What do you want on your plate? Where do you want everything at? What do you, what do you have in your glass? Be selfish. What are you looking for? For me, it comes down to I, I'm tired of, of hearing all the complaints that it's all Patrick and he doesn't do if without him, you guys can't win a game. You don't have any defense. I want some glass eaters. I want somebody that puts the fear into the other offense. That's what I'm looking for to bring some balance. Everyone's scared of Mahomes, and they should be, but nobody's scared of the defense, even when Chris Jones is out there. And that's, I think the bigger problem. I want the fear factor. I want the intimidation. I want somebody that scares the other offense. (laughs) <laughs> you're you've always been a defensive minded guy to me i want to i want to be in a situation where you can put up 50 points a game mm-hmm. and i say that and people are going to laugh but the reality is is if mahomes plays uh with good wide receivers good tight ends good running backs that can catch the ball on the backfield and an offensive line that protects him he could put up 50 points it probably three or four times this season so it's more likely 40 points a game and the reality, though, when you look and start looking at that, is the Andy Reid probably isn't going to put up those points. But when you have the ability to do it, it gives you the ability to be multiple on offense. You have the ability to do whatever you want and take your style to them. That is what I want this team to be able to do. Offensive line-wise, they're set at four of the five positions. And I want to say that specifically four or five, not left tackle through right guard, <laughs> four or five. I'm not sold. They're not going to go for a left tackle in the first round or second round or whatever. And I don't care what you pay Jawan Taylor. He is worth $20 million a year regardless. If you don't believe me, go watch his Instagram. He's working out, doing, and you see the feet. You see the difference between him and Orlando Brown. That is so huge for his position, regardless if it's left or right. 
<clears throat> you, you give me you give me a lot of a lot of good ideas there, and and particularly about Juwan. I think they've started down the road now. I do want to see them finish because Juwan, his signing in particular, makes me feel like. Honestly, everybody knows this. If you if you're in a relationship of any duration, you know this. At some point, it's just not worth fighting. I don't care if it's your boyfriend, my wife, or whoever your significant other is. Sometimes you just got to give in and compromise. And you don't get what you want. And you have to play that game back and forth. Juwan Taylor feels like, I want like ice cream on top of my pizza, and that's what I want. So selfishly, that's what I'm doing. And they went and got their athletic tackle that they want. And I just want them to finish the meal. Get the other one. I don't care what round it's in. Maybe it is day two. Maybe the value is day two for tackle in their eyes. But just go finish the meal and get everything that you want selfishly and finish that off. Sit back and be happy. And I will say this too, regardless of how we feel about Orlando Brown and him not being the top tackle in the league, and I agree he wasn't a top left tackle, he was able to play left tackle close to serviceably enough for Kansas City uh, for the most part. So. I have faith in Andy Reid and Andy Heck to be able to get it done if Juwan Taylor does have to be their left tackle. And if he ends up being their left tackle, I have I have confidence that he's going to be better than what Orlando Brown was, and that's why you pay him $20 million a year. You pay him, quite frankly, this goes back to the same thing that I just said a couple minutes ago. It goes back to his feet. You start mm-hmm. looking at how he's able to move his feet and how he's able to get out there. He may struggle a little bit more with with strength players than Brown did because that was Brown's game. But Jawan Taylor is going to be a lot better against speed rushers. And I don't think he's going to give the edge like Brown did. And I don't think he's going to need quite the help. I think he can be on an island more. And I think that's actually more important to Kansas City than anything else. Because when you start thinking about it, one of the things Kansas City has struggled with is getting wide receivers open. Part of the problem with that is, is when you're having guys that have to chip or stay in and block, you're losing receivers in the routes. If you give Mahomes five receivers out in routes on 80% of his t- throws, I guarantee you he's going to get another MVP at some point in the near future. <laughs> that's a good way to look at it. Well, and that's the concept. You you get the tackle that is a quality player of the right ilk, one that they haven't made the investment in, quite frankly, since Eric Fisher, then you don't have to chip as much. Yes, you're always going to have that as part of the thing. I, I right. lean towards, and I think the Chiefs lean towards, the the athletic types like Juwan Taylor, like Eric Fisher, that maybe are underpowered. There's some guys in this draft class. There's there's one in particular that gets slotted to the Kansas City Chiefs every day in mock drafts, and he is that kind of guy. He's a little underpowered, but his feet make up for it. It doesn't matter if, it, if it's Anton Harrison in the first or if it's Bergeron in the third, and that's what they think works for them, I'm going to trust Spapperduna and Ryan Nutt and the scouting staff to say, maybe they've identified traits that that are better than I think they are, or that they feel they can enhance more than I can. And so again, if that's your point of view, be selfish. Sell it to Veach. Veach will listen, because he's been that guy selling before. Yeah, and I think the other thing that makes it really hard for us to talk about players and, and really we can have our own ideas on players. We don't get the information the teams do. And what I mean by that isn't just the, uh, you know, the traits and, and what he's able to do, what he's able to run his 40-yard dash in and, and your metrics and how athletic he is. We can get all that. We're not getting the interviews. 
Mm-hmm. We can figure out who was a team captain. We can figure out who's been a leader on their team. That is something Kansas City has always been about. And I think it's continuously going to be something they're going to be about. And it's going to have something that they're going to have a flavor of guys that they like and guys that they're drafting are going to be guys that were former captains for their teams. They're not going to be captains in Kansas City, but they could be the most important person on that offensive line or in the wide receiver room in just a couple of seasons. Mm Mm-hmm. Joe Tooney is going to be a guy that's probably not going to be in Kansas City. I hate saying it, but maybe not even in 2024. Wow, I'm not ready to go there yet, but that's a fair point. <laughs> Where I am ready to go, though, is what they do about it on day three, because that's maybe, especially at interior offensive line, maybe somewhere you can get something done. There's a couple of options that I like as well. We're going to cover day four. What is selfish? What can get this done in a way that makes this team better? On day three, coming up right after this. Day three is hey, where the value is. I just have to ask real quick. When's day four? Because I missed that. Did one. I say day four? Day four is uh, like every other day in my head right now. Uh, <laughs> as as I as I grind to finish the draft guide, it's all day 17 at this point. Yes, you said day four at one point. Oh. Um, so just for anybody out there that's still listening, uh, there is not a day four. Um, so just know that. Uh, and we are talking day three. Yeah. I'm Quite frankly... Four? Yeah, round four, I'm fine with that. Quite frankly, when I start looking at what Kansas City has in picks, I'm not so sure how many picks they're going to have in day three. And this goes back to what <laughs> I started the conversation with. If they're going to make trades, they're going to get rid of probably some of the picks in day three. Yeah. And maybe even day two. Maybe they end up getting rid of a day two pick or maybe both day two picks if they want to move up high enough. You could see that. I hope not, because I think what they've shown in recent years, uh, whether it's Legarius Need, whether it's uh, Trey Smith, uh, whether it was Duvernay Tardif uh, before that, that, that up in the in the fourth, fifth, even in the sixth round, they have a very good knack for yeah. finding talent that they can develop. And I think that's that's value they need to continue to select. Yeah, no, and I agree. They do have that. They have had that knack in the past couple of seasons. I just don't know what they're going to do and if they're going to try to I go back to what they did last year when they traded up to go get Trey McDuffie. Do they want to go higher than that this year? Cause if they do, it's going to cost more than they spent last year. True. And we're just going to have to see what they, what they're going to do. So what is it? They have two fourth round picks anyway. So, I mean, there's a little bit of value there. You could get rid of both of your fourth round picks still have fifth, sixth and a couple of sevens. So you're still going to be set up that way. There's a lot of value in this draft, and I, the bigger thing that we've always talked about, and, and this has been consistent from the start, is they're not going to have 10 guys that are going to make this roster from this draft class. So at some point, they're going to make a trade, or they're going to draft all 10. Maybe they end up drafting all 10, but there's going to be guys that aren't going to make this roster, and people are going to feel like it's a wasted draft pick. I don't think it's necessarily wasted, but you know, you take a chance on a player, and if he doesn't work out, he doesn't work out. Uh, you just hope that you hit on more than normal, yeah. especially in the early rounds. Well, and and more than normal for this team is is an onslaught for an average team. So, well, yeah, for the last couple of seasons, it's been fantastic. Yeah. So roll roll the dice, get get her done. I I, I say go for it. That's it's difficult because I mean, like you said, there's two fourths, uh, one twenty two, one thirty four. There's two fifths at one sixty six and one seventy eight. Um, then 217 uh, in the sixth, and then the uh, the late 
seventh rounders, right? So, I mean, it, it, it gives you opportunities and they can still get like a, a trade capital thing kind of done like you were talking about. At the end of the day, I think it's about helping yourself and, and being being selfish. Like if you, I keep coming back to that because I don't think this team does it. They, they've tried in until the last couple of years to spread it around to kind of give everybody a little bit of attention. I really like what they've done first in the O-line rebuild. And then last year with the cornerbacks of just saying, I want talent at this position. I'm going to go grab it. And I feel like that has to be up front on the defense this year versus a, a, a wide receiver here, maybe a tight end, maybe a corner. Like it's about the defensive front to me. And obviously you need the offensive tackle that, the position in this group but be selfish get guys that can help each other out get guys that can help chris jones be all that chris jones can be here especially if it's going to come down to an extension maybe during the season or or maybe afterwards like i i want to get the most out of it selfishly in production and that means helping everyone out maybe even doubling down on positions yeah and i could definitely see them doubling down on positions the craziest stat for me and I can't remember who said this, and I know it was somebody that I, I trust their stats, and I saw it maybe two weeks ago. Kansas City played 17 one-score games this year. Good Lord. A team that has Patrick Mahomes, who has the best weapon in the NFL, or sorry, best QB in the NFL, has Travis Kelsey, has, you know, a pretty good had a pretty good offense last year they couldn't get it to be more than a one-score game in 17 of their games last year. And I point that out to say, I do think that they want to get the defense better, but they also have to look at what they've lost on offense. And I think you've lost more on offense uh, in Juju. And I do think Juju is going to be a little bit more of a loss than some people think he's going to be. Unless you see a market improvement from Kadarius Tony in availability and his in him showing up on game day and Sky Moore as well. I mean, if both those guys can step forward, then maybe it's not as big of a hit. But losing Juju is going to hurt. Yeah. I, I cannot argue with you. And you know, like there's Smith Marset, there's there's Richie now, some guys that have some interesting uh, of ability to to rise up. Um, you know, Justin Watson outplayed my expectations for him for, by a wide margin last year. Can those guys just, do that as well? And Justin Ross uh, is down in, in Texas with Patrick Mahomes right now. I don't know if John Ross is or not, but MVS is. I think Sky Moore is. There's a lot of guys that are training with with Mahomes right now. So I think that that's a, a positive sign. We'll see whether or not they're able to do anything with it this year. Um, but it is going to be something where they have to have – and that's the other thing. They also know about their wide receiver room better than we do because they know of the guys that they brought in and what they're able to do now compared to what they were able to do last year. So – when we look at this, and, and I still think that they need to go wide receiver early in this draft, and definitely in the first three rounds, if not the first two, it's not going to shock me if they start going defense again. Yeah. Because the other side of this that really plays out in Kansas City's, not in Kansas City's favor, is this is an offensive-driven league. And generally speaking, all the offensive players are going to get drafted higher than defensive players. It's not always the case. No, but, but take advantage of it. Yeah. yeah. Well, they may have to. Yeah. 
We'd like to know what you want to see happen on each day of this draft. What do you think is the best selfish way to go around that? What do you want to see happen? Leave your comments on YouTube. Put it in the Spotify reviews, the Apple reviews. We would appreciate that very much. Make sure you like, sub, and hit the bell here on YouTube right now. And check out another Lockdown Show for your next listen. The Scouting Show is up and running. So is the Draft Show, and obviously so is Lockdown Chiefs. Tonight, sometime in the wee hours, the Draft Guide will be out on RogueAPC.com. Use the code MATRIXLOC to go get that, and I will tell you more about it tomorrow. Uh, hopefully, I can open my eyes at that point. We'll find out. It's going to be a grind, but thank you for your time and being with us today. Remember, we are five days a week all year long. That includes draft week, the whole nine yards. I'll be in Kansas City, so will Chris. We'll tell you about our plans there as well. So for Chris Clark, I'm Ryan Tracy. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you tomorrow.